welcome to All the Freaking Things Podcast. I am your host, Maggie. And I'm Sam. And welcome back for episode two. I can't believe it's already episode two. Uh, We had such great feedback on episode one. We can't thank you guys enough. We've had so much fun looking at everyone's comments on Instagram and everyone's just interacting with our stories, which has been really fun. And even right on Spotify, uh, people are reacting to the Q&A that we put up. So we appreciate the love and support. It's just been so great seeing it all come come to fruition. <laughs> I know. We really do appreciate you guys. We kind of, you know, we're expecting two fans, but we got... <laughs> A lot of views we were super stoked about that yeah we we're almost to 100 followers on instagram we had i think over like 100 listens to already on spotify props to us I know. we're crushing it we're like two just normal girls who have no idea what we're doing <laughs> and we're still doing it <laughs> it's exciting well, i know i so i feel like there's a lot again that we want to bring up kind of before we get into yeah some housekeeping some housekeeping stuff for sure so me and maggie are drinking wine right now because it has been a crazy couple days, to say the least. A roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, definitely some nervous feelings, some excited feelings. I've kind of been all over the place. But I do, first off, I just want to say I truly appreciate all the love and support that you guys have given us. Again, I'll kind of go into the spiel a little bit later, but you know, I am truly passionate about this podcast and it really does mean a lot to me. We just kind of wanted to talk about the layout of the episodes moving forward and how our first episode might be a little bit different than what you're expecting to see moving forward. The first episode really was just supposed to be a lighthearted icebreaker covering, you know, various relevant topics. But each episode will cover a specific topic that Maggie and I are really super passionate about. And one thing, too, is we still want to hear from you guys. If there are topics that you're passionate about that you would like us to cover, we're still open to do that. So please continue to give us recommendations and message us and DM us wherever because we do appreciate it so much and we can absolutely work things in um, as we move forward. Yes, for sure. Um, But I did want to get into just a little bit more about kind of why I've been having some nerves this week. As some of you know, the ones that are really close to me, I am a teacher and that does come with a lot of responsibility. And although this podcast is not necessarily tied to my job, I still want to be a good role model. I felt that the name was just a little too tongue in cheek, maybe just a little too harsh. So we're actually changing it to all the freaking things because I still think that truly encompasses what our podcast is about. I just think that we just, you know, wanted to make sure that it was still true to how we wanted our podcast to be portrayed, but also just keeping in mind um, how our maybe professional lives or personal lives could be affected by a podcast name. Well said, Sam. (laughs) That's perfect. Yeah. So again, nothing's really changed as far as the content goes of the podcast. Just an extra asterisk in the the name of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So you're probably not going to notice anything different with the actual like logo that you guys are going to see. Just one more asterisk. So nothing's really different. But I just had to get that out there. I wanted to get it off my chest. Wanted to be honest with the fans. Just been a rough couple days, as Maggie knows. I've been on the phone with her every second of every day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, lots of phone calls. But, you know, I love it. Um, But that's not the only thing that happened this week. You got a new car. (gasps) Guys, I got a new car. I was in the car yesterday, and I called Maggie. And, like, I don't realize when you have a 
a person's contact with their name pop up. It's very prevalent on my screen and I wasn't <laughs> expecting it to be as big. And there's this really hideous picture of Maggie. Like I put this filter on her and like she is bald. <laughs> so literally I was talking to her on the phone and I like couldn't stop laughing because it just looks like Pitbull. And if you guys know, I love Pitbull. So I feel like you have to give some context to this because if you know me, every like almost every person that I'm close to in my phone has the ugliest possible contact picture. Like I got a picture of you at your worst and I said it as your contact picture in my <laughs> phone and it brings me so much joy. So the other day I was at Sam's house and I like grabbed her phone because I needed to look something up and I was like, I'm literally Maggie Meyer in your phone without a contact picture. That's what I mean to you. I don't even get a contact picture. <laughs> So then she texts me later that night. Or no, I think we were like out to eat or whatever. Yeah. You walk up to me and you show me your phone. And she got this Snapchat that I had sent her like I think years ago. Yeah. And I had this bald filter on. And she said, <laughs> she goes, here, are you happy now? <laughs> and honestly, it's perfect because my love for Pitbull, like now I get to look at someone who looks like Pitbull every day when I call them or talk to them on the phone. So it works out perfect for me. It's great. Wait, speaking of Pitbull... Forgot to say this too, so you guys know I love Pitbull. I'm actually going to yeah. see him live in Montreal in October with Ricky Martin and Enrique Iglesias, literally my three favorite people, and I'm so excited. You guys have no idea. I've been dreaming to see Pitbull for years, so. I'm really happy for you. Oh. Another new great thing that's happening in my life. <laughs> yeah, see, look at, all the, look at all the highs. Yes, all the highs. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually looking forward to this weekend. I'm going to my parents' lake house which will be so nice. I haven't spent time there in a while and it's just very peaceful. It's on Silver Lake. Um, and I feel like it's like one of the smallest lakes in New York, but it's just so quaint and peaceful. And I always spend my birthday there, birthday there every year. So it'll be nice to get some family time in. I love it there. I'm actually going to come. Oh, you're going to come. Yeah, I'm going to come for a day. So I'm excited. <laughs> it's always fun down there. It's just like a different change of scenery, you yeah. know, because I feel like we always go to like the same places. So it's just kind of nice to change yeah. it up, you know. So I think that we should probably move into kind of our topic for today. Um, we're going to be talking about kind of two s different things, but they kind of overlap. So I wanted to talk about personality types because this is something that I feel like a lot of people know about. And they're interested in learning more about their personality, but they kind of don't know where to begin or what to do or kind of how to take those personality traits and how to like know how to use them per se. Um, so kind of what I wanted to start with was like, what does personality mean to us? So like Mags, what do you think like personality means to you? I think there's two different types of personality. Mm -hmm. I think there's the personality that others perceive you as and then there's the personality that like you perceive yourself as. Am I right? Yeah, did that's I pass the test? you passed the test. <laughs> I honestly had no idea. You did it. No, was. it's literally like who you think you are, but then like how other people see you. So it's kind of like a mixture of both. I feel like we it's really important as people that we know about our personality because it really helps you learn more about yourself and like the people that you surround yourself with and who you kind of connect with more and who's kind of like, oh, this person's really not good for me because they just kind of clash with my personality. It helps you understand how to deal with like stressors in your life. My personality, my core values stay the same, but depending on the person I'm with, I feel like it changes. Yeah, you can feed off of other people's energy. Yeah. And like what they're putting out there. And I feel like sometimes it's not always the greatest energy. So like no. these bad parts of me come out and I'm like, uh -huh. but I'm not like this to my core. So like, why is this happening? Yeah. And I don't like that. No. So it's I, the worst. Yeah. Especially like, I think for me, I, I do a lot of self-reflecting. I, I wasn't that way my whole life. Um, so I always try to figure out like, 
after a situation I've been in that I might not be too happy with the way I reacted or the things that I said, I'll try to think to myself, like, well, why did I think that way? Like, what what was what was that the result of? Was mm-hmm. it the people, the energy that I was around? Maybe I don't put myself in those situations anymore. Or maybe, like, I don't have a choice, but I can try and rise above it. I think the first step is always recognizing that. And I don't think you can recognize those things about yourself until you understand your triggers, your personality, how you react with other people's personalities because I think we all can agree there's people we get along with in our lives and people we don't get along with with our lives and as we grow and develop those things can change and we're gonna get into friendships in a in another episode but um I think yeah self-reflection is the first step but you need to be able to understand who you are and your personality is the first step in that yeah there's always a reason as to why you react a certain way. Like there's always something that like lies beneath the surface that causes you to react a certain way. Like Maggie said, it could be a trigger. It just could be something that's kind of festering. That's kind of been bothering you that you haven't spoke about. So yeah, personality is just so important because it really helps you identify your strengths and your weaknesses and understanding your feelings and your actions and how those impact other people. Yeah. And I think that even for me, honestly, this is, this is new to me. I do a lot of self-reflecting, like I said, but I never understood or put labels to my personality before, but a lot of people just initially think, oh, I'm an introvert or I'm extrovert. I think there's a lot more to it than that because sometimes I am introverted but sometimes I'm extroverted. It just kind of depends on the situation I am. But there's so many more layers to your personality, which I did not learn about until very recently when we were putting this episode together. I 100% agree, though, is that like, I feel like it's hard to label me as one, whether I'm introverted or extroverted. It depends on the situation, who I'm around. There's so many variables that come come into play. Yeah. And other personalities complement yours, which is a huge part. So there might be, you might be introverted with this person who's a XYZ, but you might be extroverted with this person who's X, Y, Z. Like it just depends. And I feel like comfort levels go into that mm-hmm. too, which I feel like is a whole nother topic. Yeah. There's, yeah, <laughs> I'm a huge personality person. So I feel like I always look up personality tests online and I'm like, oh, let me see like what I can find. There are a bunch that I've taken. Um, I've taken like the 16 personality types and I actually made Maggie and like all of like the Meyer fam take it in the car <laughs> one uh, weekend up to West Virginia. And it was really funny because... Dylan my boyfriend ended up getting like logitician and he couldn't say the word right and that's all I remember and we cry (laughs) laughing every time he tries to say it to this day because he just can't say it right um but that's like that's like one of the main ones that a lot of people take there's a new one not really new but kind of newer to me it's called the Enneagram and I hope I'm saying that right because if I'm not somebody please comment on this and tell me I'm saying it wrong it looks right to me yeah I feel like it is I've heard somebody say it before but Anyway, Enneagram, Enneagram, one of the two, one of the two. So if we're saying it wrong, we apologize. But yeah, so I took it recently and I feel like it was pretty accurate. There's like a pie chart. So you take like a bunch of questions. I think it's like 40 questions. It kind of took me a while. Basically, there was a bunch of different numbers. Like you can be Enneagram one, two, three, four, one through nine. Right. And I was I think I was a one and a three. But my one was a little bit bigger than my three. And a one, I believe, is that you're a perfectionist. That was the one that was like the most for me, the one that like my highest result. And then the other one was three, which is the achiever. But Megs, I want to know because you took yours. What did you get? Because you told me like you didn't want to tell me all the details, but you said it was kind of all over the board. Well, I think before I reveal what I got, I want to reveal all of them. 
Oh so, yeah, that's a great idea. Please so I have them up here. So the number one is the reformer. So they're rational, or yeah, they're rational, they're principled, purposeful, self-controlled, they're perfectionist. You are a one, right? Yes. The two is the helper. They're caring, um, de- demonstrative, that's a hard word to say, <laughs> generous, people-pleasing, possessive. I would say they're like a caregiver type of person. Then there's threes, which are also a three. Um, they're an achiever. So they're very success-oriented, adaptive, excelling, driven, imaginative. And then number four is the individualist. They're sensitive, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. Five is an investigator. They're intense, perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. Number six is a loyalist. So they're committed, engaging, responsible. They can be anxious and suspicious. So I think we're all a little loyalist because I'm definitely <laughs> anxious all the time. Um, <laughs> then seven is the enthusiast, the busy, fun-loving type, spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered. I feel like we all want to be a seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Eight is the challenger. Um, the powerful, dominating type. They're self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. And then the last one is nine, the peacemaker. So they're easygoing, they're receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. Okay. So those are all of the nine different personality types. And you are, you said a one and two? I'm a one, so I'm a perfectionist. And a three, I'm an achiever. Yeah. Or a helper. This, I mean, I think this one... Is the wording just a little bit different? Yeah, this one's a helper same thing um (laughs) so so I want to know I took this twice oh you did because I was like is this really but like once I broke it down and read it I do get it and I agree with it but it's just funny so I think you got like when you looked at your pie chart you were a lot of different slices right but there was just two that stuck out the furthest Yes, there. I think I was a little bit of everything. I think that's like the normal is to be a little bit of all different types of personality, but the ones that were the most prevalent, yes, were one in three. Yeah. So my most prevalent are eight. And the first time I took it was eight and two. And the second time I took it was eight and three. Okay. So three was the achiever. And then um, two was the helper, the caregiver, essentially. Eight (laughs) is the challenger. So the dominating type, self-confident, decisive, willful, confrontational. I want I want you to tell me a little bit more about eight because I didn't obviously look at eight because it wasn't the ones that I got. But I want to know a little bit more about eight because some of those things are resonating with mm-hmm. how you could be that way. But then some of them I'm like, I don't necessarily see that just based off those words that yeah, you said. Yeah, yeah. So all the eight key personality traits with a type eight are independent and self-sufficient, fierce and confident determined and stamina (laughs) very energetic and busy fiery passions and power stubborn and headstrong serious about control over their own environment which we know i have controlling problems yeah i guess the way that they like word out the key personality traits i do see some of those things Mm -hmm. for sure but like eight the challenger like if you just say challenger i wouldn't think you're a challenger i guess if you dive deep like you said more into what those actually mean it makes sense Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I know. What about you? What were your key personalities? So I want to talk a little bit about both just because I feel like I'm a mixture of them. Like I wouldn't say I'm one. First because my second was your, both of yours. Because the first time I took it, I was a, okay. no, I was a three. Yes. So 
the achiever. So I kind of broke down, like I went through each and kind of looked up the things that resonated with me the most. So I looked at kind of the core motivation and for the core motivation for a three is that they're motivated by a need for attention and admiration and they strive to be successful and significant to avoid feeling worthless. So Mags, I don't know if you can relate to this, but the deepest fear was fear of being insignificant or a failure. And then to cope with it, they look for ways to win in life, reassuring themselves that they are valuable. And mm-hmm. I feel like that is a big fear of mine is being a failure. I'm afraid that something, I'm going to make all these bad decisions and then I'm going to be a failure and then my life's just going to be over. So I feel like that deepest fear really relates to me and how I feel like deep down about myself. Yeah, I agree. And for me, I'll get a little bit more into what an eight is, but they strive for success. So I feel like those two go hand in hand. I kind of want to get into a little bit about like there was like a little blurb that came up for number three that really stuck out to me. But it says at their best, achievers tend to be confident, energetic and humble role models who inspire others. This type can be incredibly productive, even a workaholic. They tend to dress well and enjoy materials and experiences that project an image of wealth or success. I love a good fit. I feel like and we, wealth yes, and <laughs> <laughs> so that's perfect for us. Then, I mean, I think you're a little more like more fashionable no, than me. You have great outfits. Do I mean? do, but I just feel like you're better about picking out outfits. You always look to the nines. But I feel like me and you are very similar in the sense of we need to be busy. Mm-hmm. And like we take our jobs very seriously and we need to look good. We want wealth. We want success. We want like all the good things in life. Boss ladies. Yes. That's what we are. Yeah. So doesn't that resonate? For us? sure. 100%. And what's really cool, guys, is like under each of these, I don't know, these like types or numbers, they have growth tips. So how you can like become a better, I don't know, not a better person, but how you can like enhance your personality for your benefit. So they say if you're an achiever, you should slow down. You should practice active listening to connect with other people. But it's just kind of interesting to think about there's things that you can do to actually enhance your personality and to become like the best version of yourself. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm looking at mine right now. But those also work for me because again, I'm a three. Yeah. And what also was really cool is like celebrities. So they have celebrities that have the same Enneagram type as you. Some of the ones for like Enneagram 3 were like Oprah Winfrey, Tony Robbins, Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga, Beyonce, Meghan Markle. So like I'm kind of like that. Such good ones. Such good ones. I mean, I picked the best ones out to talk about. And then one last thing I want to talk about three because I feel like, again, we're both threes. And this could be applicable to like our relationships with our mans. So we'll just talk about it. And you can tell me if this is how, you know, you think your relationship is with your hubby. So if you love a three, so if Zach or Dylan love us, this is what they have to recognize about us or like that they have to see in order to love us. Remember that though they show a rather tough facade, they do deeply desire a very close and loyal bond specifically with you. This is because most of the time in life of the three, they either had an overabundance of nurture or their nurturing bonds were vastly lacking. In either case, they have a strong sense of lacking or need they are trying to fill in order to feel safe and feel best when they know when their spouse is at all times and when their spouse is giving them strong attachment feedback. That is huge for me. Mm -hmm. I need nurturing. Not necessarily always emotional. Like I need to know that Dylan's going to come home at the end of the day. I have to know that I'm going to come home and he's going to be there. I have like a separation issue from him, I I think, you know, I just need to know where he is. So like everyone knows I'm the queen of looking at people's locations. I need to know where everybody (laughs) is at all times. When you become close friends with Sam, the first thing she'll be like, I need your location. (laughs) Yep. And I do it every morning. It's the first app I open. Just so you guys know, I look at everyone's location. Like where is Maggie at 724 a.m.? Just a low key stalker. And usually she's home just getting out of bed. (laughs) 
I'm not like a physical touch person. So Same. I <laughs> I really do value emotional bonding and mm-hmm. words of affirmation in a way. So that's that's a big thing for me. Again, eights, just to recap, they're the challenger. You know what's interesting about this was, do you know how it shows you an image? Well, I was looking at two different websites. So the one website I looked at when I looked up what an eight was showed an image at the top of like on that website what animal it represented. Guess what it was? A horse. (laughs) (laughs) Is it a horse? That was a great guess, but no. It makes sense, though. You love horses. Everyone knows from episode one, she's a horse girl. No, it, it was a lion. Okay. I I still think it should be a horse. <laughs> no, I thought it was cool because my zodiac sign is a Leo. Oh, so that's cute. Like, oh, look it. <laughs> that makes sense. That was so funny. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. So um, eights enjoy a challenge. They're charismatic and have physical and psychological capabilities to persuade others to follow them into kinds of all kinds of endeavors so basically i'm a i'm like an influencer (laughs) well duh that's why we're doing this podcast um but i also um my fears are really interesting which is they were very very true so my one of my biggest fears is i hate being controlled which is Mm. so true. So I hate conformity. Like I just rebel against it, but I'm, I'm not afraid of confrontation. That's a big thing with eight, even if it means awkward moments. So eights are, are not afraid to stand up for what they believe in. I agree with that. I feel like you're really good about saying how you feel to the people that you love and that you care about and that you want them to know how you're feeling about things. Cause you just don't want there to be awkward tension. You rather be awkward for a little bit than it be awkward for an extended amount of time. Like just get it out there, spill the beans, Mm -hmm. tell them how you feel. Let's move forward. Even if it's ugly in the moment, I rather deal with it than have to like have this awkward, like walking on eggshells thing. Yeah. That's the worst. Yeah. Like I can't. Um, but it was funny because when I first took this test, you know how it like shows you your pie chart and it'll just be some questions under it saying like, um, I, I don't know when, when you were, what were your questions? Hold on before I tell you mine under your pie chart. Do you have them? I don't have them. Okay, that's okay. I feel like mine are very negative. <laughs> really? Like what? Like, I feel like they're like worried that I'm an eight. So the first one was, <laughs> why do people describe me as intimidating when I don't feel that way? <laughs> Wait, what? How can what? I be more aware of myself so I don't come on too strong and scare people away? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to be honest. We both have a little bit of RBF. Oh, yeah. I feel like maybe we do come off as a little bit intimidating. I don't think I'm necessarily the warmest person. You're not intimidating by any means. But you I, said you were intimidating I was a little intimidated yeah. by you. Yeah. I've heard that before. Yeah. Not that like you really gave me RBF, but like, does she like me? Are we going to be friends? I don't know. Like, I hope we are. I don't know what to do about this situation but, right like, now. once you got to know me, you're like, she's... she's yeah. Like, oh my God. Like, yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I, I don't mean to. Like, I feel like I'm very... I try to be a very nice person. I know I'm not perfect, but... No. You're like, again, you're like me like, in a sense, you're skeptical of people. You want to yeah. make sure that they're worth you spending like your time on them well, so that's and your another, energy. That's another thing with eights is... They don't like being vulnerable, which is very true for me. I'm not a very, I feel like I'm an emotional person in the sense that I have a lot of emotions and I do reflect my emotions a lot, but I'm not, there's like a joke people pick on me and they always say like, I never cry, I never get emotional. I don't like showing vulnerability and it's just like, I, 
I understand that it's important and whatever, but it's hard for me. Mm -hmm. So I think I, it takes me a while and it takes me, I guess, a while to bring my walls down to show vulnerability to people. So I'm the same way though. I'm not like an open book in the beginning. It takes me a while to feel comfortable around people, but like I have to be comfortable around people I drink. I'm weird about that. Like I'm not vulnerable. I don't like to get like super drunk around people that I don't feel comfortable with. I really try to be even keeled and keep my composure. Yeah. Cause we all know that next day feeling when you just are like, I overshared or yeah. And you're like, I regret that deeply. Yeah. Was yeah. it like the emotional hangover or whatever? Yeah. No. Emotional. <laughs> it's it a hang no an anxiety hangover. Yeah. But yeah, no, and I also saw they are typically the general of their family. <laughs> <laughs> you are the sergeant. You are the general of of the army. <laughs> That is you to oh a T. You like to get things done and set a plan. You don't want to like beat around the bush. This is what we're doing. Let's plan it. Let's go. I need a plan. I, I can't handle when you're like sitting around wasting the day and there's nothing on the agenda. I know. I'm the worst too because it's like when we go on vacation, I'm that person that's looking up all the restaurants before we go. I'm making the reservations. I'm making sure everything's booked, which I feel like you need one in every family. No, you do. You do. Like you need, you need one person in every family too the general. I'm like that but not to your extreme let's put it that way I like to have a plan but I'm also kind of like someone else can do it because I just don't want to I don't want to be responsible for the decisions yeah right so I think overall like eights they fear emotional harm mm. so that's why we like we have a strong emotional shield and it's hard for us to be vulnerable it's really hard which is true, I feel like, for myself anyways. Like, I feel like you don't be vulnerable. We're, we're very, very close friends. But right. I feel like I'm not, like, an open book. I don't wear my heart on my sleeve. Um, I do fear rejection, which is a big one. I get butt hurt very easily. And I can shut down emotionally. I can become emotionally hardened. I can see those things. Yeah. For so, sure. Interesting, for sure. Um, but healthy eights, so there's like a spectrum of healthy and unhealthy eights. So this is where it gets interesting. So a healthy eight, we're natural born leaders. They, um, we're very resourceful. We have a can-do attitude. We have a steady inner drive. We take initiative. We have a bit like a strong passion for life. We're willing to take the heat for others because we're willing to make a decision. And we know it might not please everyone, but we don't really care. Those are great <laughs> qualities. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's interesting. So eights at their best become self-restrained. They're able. So I think this, I think I'm working through this because I know you and I had a conversation about this like a few months ago about how sometimes I'm like, I know I can be too controlling. And people who are not even close or maybe not jive well with eights, I can come off like kind of bitchy, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's not. And I feel like if you understand me and you know who I am, you're like, that's just how she is. It comes from a good place. Right. But if you don't know me that well, it can come off very bitchy and controlling, which I'm very aware of and I'm very self-conscious of. So uh, that's why I do a lot of self-reflection. And I feel like I've, I've worked on it and I, I've, I'm not perfect. I have more growth to, to be had, but I think it's been better. And it says right here, to be a healthy eight, you're very self-restrained. So you kind of pick and choose your battles, which I feel like I've gotten better at doing. Yeah. And we've had like conversations about this on the side, but overall, I feel like you've made a lot of growth with that. What's funny though. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) 
is the most unhealthy level eight is at level or sorry per- personality type eight is at level nine. <laughs> oh, oh okay no. do you have your you don't have your levels in front of you do no. you no i feel like i need you need to read your level so <laughs> so sam your like main one is a three and a one i have three up because i'm also a three but your most unhealthy level if you're a, a personality type three is at level nine so this is the description you become vindictive, attempting to ruin others' happiness, relentless, obsessive about destroying whatever reminds them of their own shortcomings and failures. Psychopathic behavior generally corresponds to narcissism. Wow. So typically, if you're a narcissist, you might fall into a personality type three, but you're at the most severe level, which is very interesting. That is very interesting. <laughs> I need to just read you level eight. Or type personality type eight level nine because it's interesting. Oh boy! All right, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> if they get in danger, they may brutally destroy everything that has not conformed to them, or will rather than surrender to anyone else. Their vengeful, barbaric, murderous, <laughs> psychopathic <laughs> tendencies generally corresponds to the antisocial personality disorder. Oh. So then I Google searched, what personality type is most likely to be a sociopath? Type 8. What personality type is most likely to become a cult leader? Type 8. So basically, my personality at the most severe, I could be a great cult leader. (laughs) (laughs) No. Cult leader's personality aligns well with Enneagram type 8 description. They are driven, assertive, and often intimidating. I am speechless. And then I found this Reddit thread. It was funny. So I, again, I searched what personality type, whatever, type eight. This person goes, before it becomes a cult, the group will be started by a four, but originally led by a one. So you're a one. Who will eventually leave. Over time, (laughs) it will be taken over by an eight. (laughs) I was a part of the call at some point. At some point. Oh my God, that is crazy. I didn't know there was, like, the levels thing. I didn't look into that that deeply. Mm -hmm. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that also, I feel like if you look into this more, you can kind of put yourself on that spectrum. I mean, if you're self-aware enough, I mean, it's kind of hard. I feel like you have to do a lot of self-reflection. I don't know where I land on that spectrum, and I'm not a nine. I can say (laughs) (laughs) No, No, you are not a nine. (laughs) You are not a nine. Very interesting. Um, Yeah, so I died at that. I quickly just want to talk about one just because I feel like that was like the one that was probably my highest score. I mean, it's not too different from the three, honestly. There's just a little bit of differences. But so the type one, again, the Enneagram one is a perfectionist. So I strive to be good and live my life with a purpose. And I feel like that is so accurate because, again, I am on this journey throughout my 20s, honestly, of finding my purpose in life. I'm just very passionate about finding my purpose and living my life with purpose. So I feel like that that core motivation really stuck out to me. My deepest fear, again, this is a one that really relates to how I truly feel. Fear of being a bad person. So I, how I cope with that is I become super disciplined in being hard on myself and others that I care about. That is so true because I am so afraid of becoming a bad person. What a bad person is, who knows what that means in my for a my definition? <laughs> Maybe a call leader, a sociopath. I don't know. But like, I feel like I am very regimented. Like, I am super disciplined. Like, if I have a plan that I'm 
if I have a plan for the day, if I don't complete those things, I'm very hard on myself. Or if people don't meet my expectations, I have high expectations for people and my relationships and friendships. So if people don't meet those things, I'm very upset and I take it very personally. So that's kind of like an issue of mine that I need to figure out because everyone's not obviously going to meet my expectations. That's unrealistic. Um, so a little bit about type ones. They grow up in, a lo- in environments where there's a lot of chaos and uncertainty. So they often feel responsible for holding everything together. As long as they can maintain order, the ones believe that everything will be good. And I feel like that really relates to me. And we'll obviously go deeper into how I grew up and all that different type of stuff. But I did grow up with a lot of chaos and uncertainty. So that really resonated with me and something that I feel like deep to my core that I I can relate to. I think something that's important to know is your personality is very much shaped by your upbringing. Oh, 100%. You are shaped by the people that raise you, the environment you grow up in, what you see, what you hear. We'll get into more of this, but being a parent is a scary thing. Because your kids are, you're basically, yeah, of what you say, what you do. It's intimidating, most definitely. So So, again, core values for me, a desire to improve every aspect of my life. I'm very big into self-help and taking care of myself and making sure that I'm doing everything I can to live the best life I can. Being very responsible. Integrity is huge. So like honesty is like the forefront of everything for me. If you don't like me or if you don't agree with something, I want to know and I want to fix it. If it can't be fixed, then we can agree to disagree. But I want to know how you feel about me. I don't want you to like talk crap behind my back. I'd rather you just tell me how you feel. Loyalty. Loyalty is huge. That is like the most important thing to me. If you are not loyal, then you are not worth my time. You need to be someone who is going to stand by my side no matter what. Amen. Amen. That's that's the end of that. Also why I feel like me and you get along so well because we have the same Enneagram type. Part yep. of our personalities are the same. My one was pretty high too. Was it? Yep. It was high. It's just like eight and three were slightly higher, but I was I was pretty much a one and a two and a seven. Well, then seven makes... was a super spontaneous happy one. So I'm like, oh, I'm glad I got that. Well, a that makes bit of that sense why we're BFF. Then. I need to have a plan, but at least I'm spontaneous. With it. <laughs> you can be spontaneous <laughs> at times. I mean, again, you go to, I think it's truity.com. Mm-hmm. I think it's T-R-U-I-T-Y.com. You can take this exam. You would have to pay if you wanted like the full report, but you can literally just look up on their website more information about your Enneagram. Mm -hmm. So you can take this and it really gives you a breakdown of all these things we're talking about. If you're interested, you should totally do this because I feel it really gives you information about yourself. It gives you a better understanding about who you are as a person and what your your red flags are even and like how you react in certain situations. And if you if you're really looking to like improve on yourself in any type of way I feel like that also this could be a good place to start but I also found the enneagraminstitute.com was very helpful in breaking down some additional characteristics for each one as well so reference both websites maybe but super interesting stuff um, again my first time taking the enneagram test didn't realize I have the ability to become a cult leader if I really <laughs> wanted to I don't know if it'll be the same for you, but you never know. You never know. So that's why it's worth taking it. And also, if you go on Instagram, you can look up your Enneagram type. They have Instagram accounts of all different Enneagram types. So you can like follow your Enneagram. They come up with like fun memes and like all this stuff that like relates to you. So it's super cool. So highly recommend you take the quiz. Um, But speaking of personalities, I feel like, Mags, we should kind of next go into communication. Communication really can connect to personality because I feel like how you communicate is a huge part of your personality and how you communicate with other people. There are four main communication styles. Based on my research, based on just kind of from my own life experience, I feel like these are the really four that I see amongst 
a variety of people. So there's passive aggressive, there's assertive, there's passive and aggressive. So there's four different types. I'm going to talk about the four and then I kind of want me and Mags to go into what we think our communication style is, how we think that changes from person to person, and then we can just kind of go from there. But the first one is passive. So if you're a passive communicator, you like to keep your emotions inside, right? You don't really like to say no to people. You're very just to yourself. You don't like to show people your emotions or how you're feeling about certain things. If you're aggressive, you're basically the complete opposite. You're loud, you're intense, but you have trouble making real connections with others. So you're kind of on the other spectrum of things. You're kind of assertive, aggressive, speak your mind, no filter. Passive aggressive is you really like to avoid conflict, but you use sarcasm to deflect real communication. You don't like conflict, but you kind of use sarcasm. So you kind of entertain the conversation. But if it gets too deep, you kind of just are like, "Eh, I don't want to be a part of this. The healthiest type of communication is assertive. So these people are in touch with their emotions and know how to communicate with them effectively. So if you're assertive, you're kind of on the fine line of like, you know that there's certain things that you shouldn't say, but there is situations where you know that you should say things and you should stick up for yourself. So those are kind of the four. Mags, what do you think? Like, where do you fall? Or do you think you're on a continuum? I think that I should answer for you and you should answer for me. Okay. Okay. So... I think that generally you're assertive. I agree. Like you're very in touch with your emotions. You're very aware of other people's emotions and your surrounding. But I feel like sometimes you can be passive. Mm -hmm. Like you don't want to deal with conflict. So you'll just go with the flow to make everybody else happy. 100%. And it also depends on the people I'm around. It depends on the group of people. So I would say I agree with that. I am very assertive. I feel like if something's bothering me, I'm very vocal about that and I'm not afraid to share how I feel about certain things. But if it's a certain group of people or a specific person and I know that like the relationship isn't solid, then I'm like, okay, is this really worth my time and energy to be assertive right now and to really speak out about how I feel about things? Read the room. That's important. Yes. Read the room. So I, again, I feel like we're very similar. You are assertive. You're very in touch with your emotions. I think that's something that you're still working on, right? I think that you are like on this journey to be in tune with your emotions as we all are, I would say you're passive or passive aggressive. I feel like it depends on the person and the situation. Yeah. I was going to say I can be very passive aggressive sometimes, like in sarcastic ways. I can be very, I'm very sarcastic a lot, but it's also part of my personality. Like I, I am a sarcastic person. That was a product of my environment growing up. My family was very sarcastic and people who aren't like that take me the the wrong way a lot I'm very misunderstood I feel like sometimes when I'm making a sarcastic joke or something but passive aggressive I feel like sometimes depending on the person I'm it having that confrontation with I'm almost a little nervous to confront head and so I'll kind of dance around a little bit but I don't necessarily want to just lay down and be like everything's fine so I'll do it like in that passive aggressive way but again, I'll read the room sometimes and sometimes it's not worth it. And I'll just be like, yeah, everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. And again, and I like to kind of go into this a little bit more deeply, like how does it change from person to person, situation or in the workplace? I feel that my communication style is pretty consistent across the board. The only time I think it changes is when I'm in my workplace yeah. because I'm new at my career. I think I just have to be a little bit more reserved. Um, and I think that 
obviously I can be assertive in some situations, but I think just in the role that I'm in right now, it's just important that maybe I take a step back sometimes and kind of just do a little bit more reflection versus just speaking out. So for me, I think my actual personality type eight comes into play with this too, but I am not afraid to speak up and I've never been afraid to speak up. And I feel like because of that, it's gotten me very far, very early in my career. So I'm currently a manager. So with that comes a lot of responsibility. I'm leading teams. I'm leading projects. I'm leading clients. So communication is a huge part of that. I'm very vocal. I'm constantly reaching out to people, talking to everyone, making sure everyone's on the same page, ducks are in a row. But I'm also not afraid to speak up when there's an issue. If I have an idea, I am not one to just be like, should I say it? Should I not say it? I don't know. And I'm not. I'm very vocal. I've never been nervous to speak my mind when it comes to myself in the professional environment. And I feel like that's actually a really good thing because it's I've reaped a lot of benefits by being that way. Yeah. If you know overall what your communication style is, you kind of know the people that you can connect with the most. And this kind of goes into how your personality and communication style impact who your closest friends are and why you're so easily able to connect with them on a deeper level. Because if you are somebody who is super assertive and then you have somebody who's very passive, there's that disconnect. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of figuring out how can I jive with this person? How How can our communication styles and personality types kind of mesh? I feel like it can be difficult. And I think that's why sometimes friendships don't go to the level that you want them to get to. Yeah. And it could also help you understand why other people react a certain way. Like I have friends that I'm best friends with and there's people who are very similar to me where I know if I don't sugarcoat it and I just deliver it the way I'm thinking, they'll understand and they'll take it well. But I have some friends that they need a little extra sugarcoating when I give them my opinion on something. But I just, I've been friends with them for so long. Like I understand that they will handle the news better if I deliver Mm -hmm. it that way. But I never would have gotten there without thinking about it, self-reflecting on it. And sometimes there's a delicate balance. But I also feel like sometimes people are just too different. And it might not always work. And that's okay. doesn't mean you can't be friends with them. It doesn't mean you can't be cordial with them. It just means that you kind of know where you stand in the relationship with them. You kind of know the expectations. And I feel like sometimes it can be tricky, which... Again, this is a whole nother episode, so we're going to talk about this more. But it's tricky because sometimes your expectations of a friendship can be different than the person's that you're the person that you're friends with. They can think that you're best friends, but you don't think that you're best friends with them. Mm-hmm. Like it, you can have different expectations or like how you think of the relationship, and that can be hard sometimes, right? Because I can think that I'm best friends with you, but deep down you're like she's not one of my best friends. So there just can be that kind of disconnect. So figuring out like who your true friends are, if it's a worth building that connection with that person you feel disconnected from like there's just so many things that go into friendship so that kind of is going to lead us into our next episode I think because I think the next topic we want to talk about is friendships and all the different types of friendships everything like there's a friendship how they change throughout your life what that means that was one of our Q&A's wasn't it about yeah there's a whole other episode about friendships but I feel like it was really good to kind of start with you know personality and communication because those are kind of the foundation of a friendship Yep. Well, we hope you guys like this episode. We were really excited to talk about personality and communication. 
And again, we're just so thankful for you guys. We really appreciate all the support. And we really hope that next week you tune in on Monday because we have a whole other episode about friendships. So if you're wanting to know more about friendships, please tune in. Yeah, let us know what you think of this episode. Feel free to DM us, review us, comment, whatever. We appreciate the love so much. And again, if you have any topics you'd like us to cover, let us know. Um, But we're going to link both of the websites we used for the personality tests um, on our Instagram story. We'll post it tomorrow or we'll post it today when the episode comes out. We hope you have a great rest of your week. Make sure you're listening to this on Monday for good energy for the rest of the week. We love you. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.